countrymen, lovers of all things design, this is Grits and Grids. he's the head of the team and I'm the member we don't know we have to figure that out I'm definitely a member but um it's Simon Candy who's executive creative director of Iris Worldwide's Atlanta office that's a mouthful and if you could hear an eye roll yeah he would hear his eyes rolling way too long (laughs) um so Simon's in charge of leading the creative teams on pitches on everything that we do that gets output right like kind of what's your day-to-day yeah it's a real mixed bag so obviously as the I guess as the creative lead for the agency, I'm responsible for making sure that what goes out of this agency is good, um, and our clients are happy, but also that the team is happy and the agency is run in the way that we think an agency should be run. And we never get that yeah. right. That's a that's a never-ending challenge. <laughs> but um, so it's all yeah. those things together, really. So it's a real hodgepodge of stuff, and occasionally I get to do some work as well. So. Yeah, at the end of all the meetings, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think what one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this month is because this month's theme is luck or hustle. Mm-hmm. And the thinking is that, <clears throat> especially it's, I think it's poignant for Iris Atlanta because, you know, in our network, we're kind of seen as like this, oh, look at those kids. What are they doing? Because uh, we're like the newbies, sort of, yeah. kind of. Yeah. But you started in the London office. You came to New York, and then you ended up here leading this charge. Mm-hmm. How that? Some people would say, oh, man, that guy's lucky, but I'm sure there was a fair amount of hustle behind it, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's, it's cliche, isn't it? But, like, you make your own luck for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've been I've been so lucky. But it has come out, like, with a shit ton of many, many, yeah. many hours over the years <laughs> to, get, to get to this point, hours. you know? So, like, yeah, I started as a, a junior art director in London, um... I worked with a guy called Tim, who happened to be from my hometown, and we mm. we met at the agency, and we we worked our asses off, and uh, did that for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and, and it was like a Christmas party. I'm going way back now. Yeah, and we were we were we received an award for the best piece of creative the agency had done that year, which was a, their first wow. TV ad, and um, got drunk and whatnot, <laughs> and I asked uh, I asked one of the founders of Iris if uh, if we could go to New York and I, I barely remember having that conversation <laughs> but he remembered it yeah um, so the next day I turned up late for work and got called in to see Sean Reynolds who's again one of the other founders yeah thinking I was in trouble for being late <laughs> and uh, he was like oh so you want to go to New York and I was like oh shit what have I said yeah <laughs> um, should probably talk to Tim about this because I've basically just got him a job in New York and he didn't know anything about it. So um, we talked about it and it took a long time and visa applications, this is all post mm-hmm. 2001, so it took a long time. Um, but we got there and you know we were employees eight and nine maybe oh, in wow. New York and um, that, that was a big jump and that, that took a lot of, I think it took a lot of guts to like leave everything behind because you you know, you leave your friends, your family to go yeah. and do something completely new in a city where I knew no one. In other a country. Than my, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the only person I knew was my, my copywriter who I spend eight hours plus a day with. Right. So, you know, 
so it was cool, but it was um, it was an interesting journey for sure. And so we were in I was in New York for about five years, and we it grew. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a while, I think the hustle took its toll. If I'm honest, sure, um, yeah, because the hours that we were working were pretty brutal, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of wanted something fresh, mm-hmm. um, something new, and something that I could feel like I ran or I owned to mm-hmm. to have more ownership, I suppose of of the agency um, at that point I was what they called a creative group head which if that's a term that's used across US or not but basically right. I was leading a, a small group like three yeah. people um, and they were like oh so we're opening an office in Atlanta and I was like where's that yeah. and I moved down here still not quite sure where it was on the map Yeah. but I went for it um, <clears throat> because I thought it could be something really interesting a new challenge and I'd do it for a couple of years and help you know be experience starting an agency yeah. which is really fucking hard work mm-hmm. um, so I didn't really know quite what I was letting myself in for but um, five years later I'm still here yeah. um, and and loving it and to your point earlier you know this agency I think is the epitome of luck and hustle because <clears throat> or a bit of both really yeah because we are small we are a little agency in Atlanta that you know um, is punching well above its weight yeah. in terms of what we do and Scrabby. how we do it. Yeah, yeah, and we and we've been really, you know, <coughs> really, you've been obviously with us for a long time. So mm-hmm. we are scrappy, and we've been successful enough to the point now where we we've kind of we've got to grow up a bit, and we've, I, I say we're going through our teenage years where we're trying to like yeah. figure it out. Um, our voices are cracking. Yeah, you know, there's hair showing up in places <laughs> where maybe it shouldn't. So yeah, so that's the story really, and like yeah, it's um, and and I think um, we we still are hustling for sure because mm-hmm. Iris isn't a big name in the US, although it's it's growing for mm-hmm. sure, and so we are always an underdog. We're always the unknown, and because of that, yeah. we have to fucking hustle harder than anyone, and uh, yeah, and 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 yeah. and when, and and that pays that started to really pay off, I think, and and we're starting to be more lucky mm-hmm. in some of the things that come our way and, and the way some things work out for us. Not always, but... Yeah. Well, it makes sense, too. I mean, um, that saying that you, you make your own luck, you know, or, or opportunity doesn't always knock. Sometimes you got to mm-hmm. kick in the door. Mm-hmm. And I think that we, we've done a really good job with that. For, for those that don't know, the way Iris operates is a bit different than a lot of the other big-name agencies out there in that each each location is its own agency mm-hmm. and so we're responsible for crash or fall yeah you know like, like as if we started our own yeah. agency from the ground up yeah. um, so we do get some support but with that in mind I mean it's, it's a lot tougher than just say opening another location mm-hmm. a part of the same company where resources are completely shared right um, and uh, I think that's been one of the toughest things and we've had our ups and downs of you know even since I've been here mm-hmm which we've gotten through. And I think there's a, you know, people who don't know, don't know, mm-hmm. you know, so like when we win something big and they're like, oh, those, those lucky fuckers, like mm-hmm. look, look what they did. Mm-hmm. But we're like, lucky shit, dude, we have been in the mud, like yeah. fighting to yeah. get, you know, everything we can. And so I almost see that sometimes when people say, oh, that guy's lucky or that girl's lucky, it's kind of insulting. Yeah. Because you're like, oh man, like, no, you have no, no. no clue. Yeah, there's always a bigger story behind it. Yeah. When, when you look at, um, you know, the bigger accounts that we have here, so um, 
with Lamborghinis, North America and AOR. So that started, that's a true story of hustle right there because mm -hmm. that started doing um, financial services work for uh, Porsche North, North mm -hmm. America, all part of the same company, all Volkswagen brands. And uh, if you'd put that brief, and they wouldn't mind me saying this, but if you sure. put that brief in front of a creative and you've got to do financial services stuff, yes, for yeah. Porsche, and, and it was eventually for Lamborghini, um, most people will go, oh God, you know, financial <laughs> services work. How boring is that? And right. I don't get what well, I don't go to go and shoot the car in, you know, South Africa or something. Right. No, no, all the images are on the server. Yeah, uh, you just got to, you know, get lay them out nice. Yeah, exactly. And, and not even nice because I mean, they're they're standards. They're yeah, brand standards. Extremely strict. It's yeah. just plunk and dunk. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how that story started. So we started doing financial services mm. work. We did a mailer for Lamborghini Financial Services. Mm -hmm. So as crazy as it sounds, it's about you know supporting people and spending yeah. a ton of money to get in, get them into a Lamborghini. And uh, we impressed enough to um, get a, a, an another seat at the table and kind of get in front of the right people with that work. Mm -hmm. So we got another project, and then we got another little project, and the next thing you know, we're pitching for North American AOR, and, and now, Three years later, mm -hmm. we're doing our first big global projects for the team in Italy. So, mm -hmm. I think like that's, I think that's a, a good testament again to to hustle and that, where that where the luck came from. Are oh, you lucky bastards? You get to go and right. do cool shit with Lamborghini. Well, no, that started with us giving a lot of love and attention to something that a lot of people would turn their nose up at, mm -hmm. and and hustling with that work and like pushing it to be as best as it can be because ultimately you never know where it's going to lead, right? Right. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, when I imagine the way we go about things, um, I imagine like many other agencies sort of like show up to the the show mm -hmm. in a helicopter, you know, like metaphorically <laughs> in a helicopter, and they roll out mm -hmm. the red carpet, and then they show up to the presentation, and ta-da, and like we sort of come kicking in through the back door after mm -hmm. going up 20 flights of stairs, and we're like, you can't keep us out, man. <laughs> we're here too, out of breath, yeah, panting, well but we're going to do it. You know, That's another part of being an agency in North America that don't know, yeah. that no one knows the name of. It's like, you have to work harder. You, you, we, the, way we, the way we've been successful and the, the clients we've got are usually by mm -hmm. um, sticking our toe in the door and refusing to you know, get out. <laughs> get out, yeah. And like, you know, working, working with a small little thing Mm -hmm. And we and we we work our balls off on it, and, and and it gets bigger and it gets bigger. And next thing you know, we're being trusted with bigger relationships, bigger projects. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the iris, in my opinion, the iris approach. Um, mm -hmm. and, that, but, but, and that'll change over time. Hopefully, as you know, we get bigger and bigger yeah. work out there that we will be invited to things because of oh, they saw the Jeep Super Bowl spot, or they saw the. Sure. The Reebok work or whatever it may be. Oh, I saw Lamborghini work, you know, like that will start to change. But I don't think we should ever forget, you know. Yeah, that's important. I think <clears throat> as we get some of these bigger opportunities, if we get new people in the door who maybe weren't there yeah. for the early years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 uh instilling that hustle mentality in them I think is just absolutely vitally important and it's because we looked at a financial I mean, let's let's call it the other thing too. We we laid out the visor 
brochures mm-hmm. for Porsche. <laughs> the award-winning visor brochure, or whatever we call it, visors. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. like the piece of paper that you get when you buy the car, and it's like, here's all the warnings and all the safety stuff. Yeah. You know, and but we never treated it sub like sub to anything else. Right, like yeah. we just we gave it its just due, and we made sure that it was done with the same amount of guts and glory that we would put behind anything. Exactly. I think that's the stuff that gets you the attention too. And I had a teacher <clears throat> back in the school that is now closed. Everyone who listens to this knows that story. Um, but one of the things that he had said is that this isn't art. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to go do art, you're at the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Go do art. Mm-hmm. But we have parameters and we have walls and guides and mm-hmm. you know that you have to break through and you have to climb some and you have to just live with some of the other ones and if you can make something boring mm-hmm. something exhilarating mm-hmm. that's when you know you're a good creative oh yeah i mean that's what i think like, that's what has to be installed in you know our bunker interns the kids. and everyone we meet you know is that um you have to see the opportunity Mm-hmm. In this, in the most small, the smallest, most boring, potentially boring mm-hmm. um, brief that you'll get, because you're not going to be handed, you know, the Super Bowl brief on day one. Right. You got you. You might have been hired, but you've got something to prove, and right. like, you've got to wait, work your way up to that opportunity. So, I think people are looking for you to, give, like you, like you mentioned, give give everything the same love and attention, mm-hmm. um, because it's all equal at the end of the day. Right. You know, it's it's important for them too. Yeah. In some shape or form. I mean, yeah, and if you're good, like you can find the challenge, the challenge in that project that you're like, meh. Right. You know, like if you work hard enough, and you can make yourself really give a shit about it because you can challenge yourself to go right. This this on paper looks like mm-hmm. I'm backed into a corner. I've got this brand guideline document. I've got. Right these images I have to use, whatever it may be, like I'm, I've only seen one way out of this, but if you could challenge yourself to do what's being asked of you, mm-hmm. and then come up with something that kind of elevates it further, takes it in a slightly different direction, right. then, you're, then you're, you're not only delivering what's being asked of you, but you're at least showing that there's more that could be done with this, and it might not be quite right, right. and that's okay, mm-hmm. but at least you're like demonstrating like the, the hustle. In that in that respect, so yeah, in a lot of ways, people. I mean, <laughs> clients don't don't know what they don't know, right. and we have to remember that. So mm-hmm. like they may be coming with that ask, like, okay, can you please lay this out exactly to our standards? But mm-hmm. take the extra time and do something out there that yeah. you think answers the call better. Yeah, you know, it, like you said, it may not get picked this time, but next time they're going to be like, remember that thing that you did? Yeah, exactly. I think that happened with Porsche too um, <clears throat> when we were doing giveaways. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just messing around, like overlaying drawings over top of old school Porsches, knowing they would never oh, yeah, choose it. That, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, they came back, they're like, they loved it. I'm like, shit, <laughs> really? Because I don't remember how I made that. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, they want like 10 cars. Yeah, I'm like, oh, God. That. I had to like peel apart the layers in the Photoshop uh-huh. file. Like, uh-huh. But I think it's that kind of thinking that's obviously led by you and the team. Like, that's, that's your task is to make sure that everyone when that spark starts to fizzle a little bit, which God knows it does in all of us, mm-hmm. you're the reigniter of it. You know, and that's that's something that I think a lot of people, when they see creative director or ECD or ACD, mm-hmm. they just think that someone gets to sit there and be creative all day right. and, you know, just stare, you know, fall into their own navel, like just yeah. being creative. Um, yeah, the, tr- the truth is you do less creative. <clears throat> and I think everyone kind of recognizes that's not news, but, right. you know, like with Joe said, <clears throat> you, you end up being in a lot more meetings 
um, and your responsibilities are different. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, that's something that I don't think I ever truly realised when I when I sat down yeah. and said, "Oh, I want to be a creative director." And uh, they were quite, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, that means that you get paid lots more money and you get to do cooler stuff." And yeah, you know, your responsibilities are much more management focused. So, mm -hmm. well, I think that's some of the things too that people don't consider when, you know. Everyone gets that bug, like, oh, I can do it better, I can do it better, and I think that's why you see a lot of studios open up, and then you see a lot of studios close, mm -hmm. because what they don't realize is, like, one of the things, I love Vigor, and I love mm -hmm. running Vigor, mm -hmm. um, and I love doing the work that comes in through Vigor, mm -hmm. but I hate operating it, mm. and so when you are, like, the sole owner of a, of a studio, or even maybe a partner, yeah, you spend more of your time talking about profitability and numbers and, yeah. and timing and you know is this client the best fit and it's like the last thing you do is the shit that you really want to do yeah like yeah, and true. then you look back and you're like I don't want to run a business like <laughs> what am I doing like because you're, you're a yeah. business owner and I think it, you know in the restaurant world having that conversation with uh, our clients there you know so many clients are like well, we're doing pretty good at this location. We're going to open another one. We're going to get some numbers, and we want to franchise. I'm like, you don't want to franchise. You right. think you want to franchise because you see money, yeah, and you think that it's an easy way to build your, uh, you know, to line your pockets. Uh -huh. But the minute you jump into franchising, you are now in a franchise business. Yeah. You're no longer in the food business. Yeah. And the last thing you're doing is making food. Yeah. You know, you're you're managing some people that I think are sometimes worse than you know, your, your, your employees, like, you know, your teenagers that you hire to run the front of the house, mm -hmm. because you're dealing with people that have invested a lot of money that have their own ideas uh -huh. and they will try to break everything uh -huh. if they think it's the right move for them. You know what right, I mean? Like, right, right. you'll be surprised how much they want to break. Yeah. The only thing embarrassing about 2016 was you didn't launch your brand. The minimums were too high, screen fees were ridiculous, and you knew your project was going to be run after the horrible family reunion t-shirts. Your brand deserves the same craft and respect you put into it, and that won't happen with your average partner. Black Cat Merchandising is way more than a churn and burn screen printer. They're a true partner to launch and grow your brand the smart way. No screen fees, low minimum orders, and fair pricing. Black Cat Merch is run by designers for designers, with the focus of growing your brand. Make 2017 the year your brand takes over by visiting blackcatmerch.com and mentioning Grits and Grits for a special offer. So that's really interesting, too. I mean, there's, there's a hustle to that. There's, mm -hmm. you know, when you look at, like, for instance, Bell Street Burritos is a brand mm -hmm. around here. Mm -hmm. You may say, oh, that guy's lucky. That guy had a hustle. Yeah. He, he was, I think the story goes that he had a, a basic website where you can go on and order a burrito. Yeah. And then on a Thursday... He would show up and oh, give it to you out of a van. Yeah. And like here's here's the burrito you ordered yesterday. <laughs> like but he would hustle. Like everyone knew Thursdays yeah. was Bell Street Day, and so get your orders in because on Thursday he's gonna come around with all the burritos that he made. That's awesome. You know, and now I think he has like five or six. You know, it's in. I talked to him the other day. He actually hates burritos, but it's mm -hmm. actually really ironic. Right. Um, but it's funny that the positions we find ourselves in maybe not knowing 100% what we had just asked for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and, 
I think I, 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 I kind of too when people are like you know I want to start a restaurant and I want to like pull the Billy Madison where like I shake their face and like <laughs> no you don't <laughs> we can lose that money in so many more fun ways yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which essentially is what usually happens so this month we have three guests that I think um, are pretty stellar and are exemplary of the luck or hustle or a little bit of both mentality so we have John and Matt of In God We Must. It's a kind of a clothing lifestyle brand here in Atlanta. Um, we have Armin Vitt of Under Consideration. If you don't know who he is, uh, brand new website, the brand new conference, uh, Speak Up. There's a number of other things that have kind of come and gone, but he's quite a brilliant creative mind. And then uh, the third one is... Yeah, Lad Ford. Yeah. So he's an up-and-coming photographer, and uh, Lad and I have collaborated on a couple of things, but he uh, basically hustled his ass off, got enough money to send himself to Uganda. Oh, wow. And so we, it's actually a two-part episode, so we recorded the first part last month, uh-huh. and he just, he's get back, he gets back next week. Oh, that's cool. And so we're going to do the last half of it. Yeah. You know, to kind of hear about that. Because, you know, you see a photographer and you see his photos coming through on Instagram of, like, Uganda. And he's, like, teaching children how to make photographs and stuff. Um, and you're like, oh, guy's lucky. I want to go. It wasn't luck, man. He, like, yeah, burning midnight oil and burning daytime oil and yeah. any oil he can. And, you know, squeezing friends for handouts and, you know, hustling. And I think he is a really good um, example of the stuff you don't see behind closed doors so I'm pretty excited to talk to all of them sound awesome yeah and then we have even bigger guests coming up after that that I, I shouldn't talk about on this episode but it's super top secret yeah super top secret until it's not anymore um, is there any advice that you have for up and coming creatives or creatives that are maybe looking out to like take the next step in their career like anything you'd like to leave people with besides switch careers <laughs> didn't do it <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think one of the things we touched on earlier really is is the thing that resonates most is like seeing the opportunity mm-hmm. in the things that you get to do because again you're not going to walk into you'd be very very lucky mm-hmm. to walk into the dream brief on day one right you've got you've got something to prove um, and seeing the opportunity in those uh, those small briefs are massive yeah and also. One of the things that I think people need to think about from a junior mid level is that you've got the best job in the agency, mm-hmm. in my opinion, mm-hmm. because and in, and people should enjoy and and love that part of their career because as you move up, it's it's no worse, but it's different. Yeah. And you and your 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 the amount of creativity that you get to bring to the table, sometimes is 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 not quite as much, and that's right. part of the job. You're now a manager. Mm-hmm. And so you, like we said, and we've touched on today, like you're in meetings, mm-hmm. juniors and mid-level creatives, and, and you know, in our agency as well, senior senior creatives, they've got the best job. Right. They just get to go and do awesome creative, and often you know, somewhere of your level, like get to go and present it to clients all the time, mm-hmm. and like build up a relationship, and like that's the best stuff. Right. Right. Um. So I think like cherish that, like don't. Uh, I think one of the mistakes that, that I made along the way is like being, being so focused on where I was going, and mm-hmm. not enjoying as much, or not cherishing as much maybe, yeah. the, the 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 fun the young part where I could yeah. make mistakes and people were there to pick me up and 
Right. And just go and just fucking go for it and just be just concentrate on my craft. Yeah. Um, That's a good line too. Concentrating on the craft. Mm-hmm. I <clears throat> I see it a lot in the youth, and I know there's a bit of that in me. Even to this day, I have to kind of tell myself to slow down, mm-hmm. revisit. Yeah. Even when you think you're done, you're probably not. Yeah, we're never done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Visit again. Mm-hmm. Look at it again. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I don't know how many times I've done stuff that I thought was just rock star. I thought it was pretty good. It got into market, and then like two months later, I had a better idea. Yeah, that's all part of the hustle too, right? Yeah. Is like not being complacent and knowing that you can always, whatever you've done, mm-hmm. it can be better. Right. And like that, that's definitely that's the craft right there for sure. Like, and that's something that I'm trying to install in people. Is that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's good. Get, get to great. No, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like spend more time on it, and it is it's hours yeah. that you have to spend on it. It is, yeah, it is time, and I think one of the skills that I have learned, I don't know if you, you do it too, I assume so, but like, there's a lot of work that I do in my head mm-hmm. while I'm doing other stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I'm designing in my head yeah. and kind of like compartmentalizing, like, okay, you know, pin that one up for later because I gotta actually gotta do that one. That one's a decent idea, mm-hmm. you know. And that's in the shower. That's while driving. That's mm-hmm. sometimes while in meetings, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm focusing and I'm still <laughs> hearing it, but like at the same time, yeah, absolutely. you know, it's amazing what jogging the left side of your brain will do to the right side of your brain. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's, that's the other thing. That's the other bit of advice I'd have is go out. Yeah. And like. You are your ideas are they come from like like you mentioned they're they're out there, and you need to be absorbing mm-hmm. culture, in whatever form interests you almost constantly, because that that all that stuff goes into the back of your brain and comes out yep. as ideas. And if you don't do that, I think that's where you, you know people you come up with stuff that you saw in design mm-hmm. animals and stuff like that. You know, right. or, or you've seen it on TV. Like you need to be going to galleries, you need to be going to concerts, you need yep. to be watching movies, you need to be going to restaurants and experiencing and seeing new things all the time. Because that, that's what makes you a great creative. Yeah, it's life experience. The same thing with a great writer, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, can Absolutely, you be a great yeah. writer when you're fifteen years old? You haven't even done anything. Yeah. Um yeah, I think that's yeah, that's man. really important. In in travel doesn't mean that you have to go to like Zanzibar, which is a really fun word to say. Mm. Um you know, <laughs> it's up there with Mozambique. Also, a fun word to say. Oh I think Africa nailed the, like the names of places. Quite honestly, <laughs> except for Chad. Ah, uh, wow. Or is it like the frat boy Chad. of African nations? Right. <laughs> True. Um, you know, bordering on on, on Bruce. I think. <laughs> um, anyway, where I was going with that is, you know, you don't have to like span the globe to get culture. Like, no, you can, no, no. Um, it's, it's in uh, it's day trips, you live. Yeah, road yeah, trips, yeah, yeah. where you live. I think if, if the screen is glowing at you, you should turn it off and go do mm-hmm. something else. Um, walk. Yeah, get a get a pencil or a pen and some paper and put stuff on it. Yeah. With no reason whatsoever, just let it happen. I mean, that's I think how some of my the, like when I look at the past of things that I've done. The things that I love the most were the things that didn't spawn by um, watching TV. Right. You know, it just it happened. Or, or looking at other people. Yeah, which is looking at other people's work, and that, that's where that's where we need to change. Is like. Yeah. Unless you're going to grits and grids, in which case, please look at everyone else's work well, all yeah, the time. That's different. <laughs> but when you're trying to come up with an idea, and like you know, how many times have I seen? And I do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Open up designspiration.net. Mm-hmm. Behance. What's what? What's the cool shit that someone else has done that's gonna yeah. give me an idea? Well, it's not really 
that's not really uh, how it should be done in my opinion yes it needs to be more from the ground up mm-hmm. find find the people the problem uh, the product and, and yeah. learn get it from there and yep. then it will, and then it will come to the come to the top so agreed yeah I mean I love I could fall into those sites forever mm. um, and there's a fair amount of jealousy that comes when I yeah. see some really great work too but yeah. I think you know it's always tough because you don't really know what you've seen on those sites when you've looked at it so much. So when you design something, I think the chances of you ripping someone off, self, like someone else off, is a lot higher mm-hmm. because you've fallen in love with a look mm-hmm. and you start to maybe most of the time exactly. unknowingly, like yeah. you're just doing it and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. You go back and you're like, I ripped. I was actually, I was actually thinking about that um, earlier this week. I stumbled upon stationary for vigor for when I first started in 2003 which is like right after college and the identity I don't know what I was thinking it was I'll say it it was a blatant ripoff of one of my teacher's side companies Uh and I don't know how I got there yeah but it was like the colors had changed but the treatment was the same even down to the typeface it was if not the same it was super close and I'm like why did that happen Right. And, 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 and did I not see it? Did I see it and ignore it? Yeah. You know, and that's it's really interesting and embarrassing at the same time. And I think right. that's always my fear is doing something that you finally get to that point where you're like, okay, this is good. You know, the team, we, we've come together, we've done something, this looks great. Getting it in front of the client only to realize that, oh shit, that is unbelievably derivative. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, question ethics now. <laughs> well, I think that, that, that brings up a good point. And I, I guess what we're saying is like the hustle isn't just what you do at work. Mm-hmm. As a creative, your hustle is also what you do outside of work. Mm-hmm. All that shit you go and do, and it's fun stuff. Yeah. So it shouldn't be, it's not work. Mm-hmm. But all those things you go and see, the things you read, the things you watch, that's all part of your hustle too because that's ultimately informing right. your brain with really interesting, creative ways to think about things that could end up coming to life in your next project. So yeah. you're less likely to fall in love with a look and more likely to fall in love with the idea and it kind of naturally takes mm-hmm. form of, of something. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That's how you get lucky. That's how you come up with great ideas, too. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know how many times like it's you said, In the shower, and it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. How did I come up with that? Pokemon. Well, you came up with that because you'd done all mm-hmm. that fucking... You'd noodled it, you dreamt about it, you... It was in there. Yeah, everything. Yeah, it's in there. It's just... Yeah, get come out. out. That's... I think one of the greatest things, like one of the things that made me fall in love with the mentality of this team is like one of the first days seeing on the wall, like just destroy ordinary. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it, it was bold, it was ballsy, it was powerful. I think that we kind of got away from mm-hmm. that tone of voice in mm-hmm. the way we talk about ourselves. And I, if I ever had a say, yeah. I would say bring it back. Yeah. You know, because that, that essentially is what it boils down to. Like, mm-hmm. Even good ideas that you see some, like a lot of agencies come up with, they're good, mm-hmm. you know, but they're not extraordinary. Right. You know, um, and I think that we should always be striving to do something that is like jarringly great. Mm-hmm. may not hit it, but you should at least be swinging for the fences. Yeah. You know, because one of those swings that you're going to end up knocking it out. That's one of the hardest things though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. and that we, we, t- we were talking before we started recording the podcast was about, you know, how much... Um, it's not just about you creating extraordinary work. Mm-hmm. You've got to bring a client along for the journey, and they need yeah. to be invested in it too. Because no matter what you're going to come up with, mm-hmm. usually, if it's going to be truly um, 
extraordinary, it's going to be a bit uncomfortable for right. for people to get behind. Yep. Um, and <coughs> and part of the job, at, you know, at your level, my level as well, mm. is is selling it, telling a story, and I think that's something that you know, I've seen you do really well. It's like, mm. right, let me tell you why this thing at the end is so fucking awesome, right. and why it's going to, and, and yes, because if, if you showed it to them on page one. Yeah, they're like... They yeah. shit their pants. Yeah. But if you can take them on a story, it gets them to there and goes, right, here's what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. So if it looks like that, we're fucked. Yeah, we're going to look like... We're yeah. ordinary. Yeah, yeah. Um, Run of the mill. Exactly. And so it's, it's one of the hardest things. And, and you know, you, achieving that greatness on every project mm-hmm. is, is probably not realistic, but that's what you aim for. Right. Like, that's, that's... And again, like, bring that back to hustle too. It's like... You have to, you have to aim for that mm-hmm. thing that you think is going to make this project fucking extraordinary. You might not get there. You can't get there every time. Right. It's impossible. Yeah. Because there are too many other factors in your way. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the clients too, like yeah. hold you back. And hey, well, not to say they hold you back. I mean, let's be empathetic a little bit. Like, they have a lot of money on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, for for the smaller clients, and they have notoriety and careers on the line for the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. You know, so. To come into meetings with a little bit of fear and a little uneasiness is tough. Yeah. You know, I think we, we forget that sometimes. So we just oh, yeah. chalk them up to being, you know, myopic and uh, maybe boring. Yeah. But there's that's, a lot that, of other things that play. That's part of, and, uh, yeah, no, and that's part, again, of being a more senior role is you, you, you have to stop thinking in that way. Yeah. And that's, again, maybe a bit of advice for, for younger creatives as well. It's like mm-hmm. you need to get over that, that mindset of thinking it's me versus the client. Mm-hmm. Right. And I want to win because I want to get the best creative through. That's not the, it's a partnership all the way, all the way. Absolutely. Yeah. And like the best, the best clients, and we're really lucky that we have some of them here. Are like, they are open to being challenged. Mm-hmm. They want to be challenged, and you've got to bring them along for the ride. Basically, is what we're saying. So yeah. you can't just rock up and go, "Awesome creative, here it is, buy it or goodbye." Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's like that's just not realistic, yeah. and like that's something that you have to realize. That maybe I, I don't think I really thought about uh, as when I was starting out. Mm-hmm. Like I, I always saw my creative go out with an account person mm-hmm. to the client, and then I'd hear back the next day how it right. went. Yeah. Um, maybe throw through a tantrum <laughs> when you don't get your way. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh my god, they said what? Yeah. But you know, um, that that's just a mindset thing that you have to realize that it's not you against them. You you've got to work out how it is how it can be done together. Right. And best case scenario, what you should be asking for is going to present that work, mm-hmm. going to meet those clients. And you have to be ready personally to take on that kind of grown-up responsibility because yeah. you're a representative of the agency, your front mm-hmm. of house. But that's where you learn the most about what that client is going to buy, what that client's problems are, mm-hmm. um, what they're thinking, what they're not going to buy, all right. from that conversation because you know you hear it second hand through feedback forms and whatever else right it's it's Chinese whispers a little bit like you're not you're not getting the the true facts right you can be in a room you'll learn so much more and that's how you kind of do body a language partnership. and you yeah. can you can read people I think a lot better too and it's tough because we do a lot of work with folks that are in Atlanta uh-huh. yeah you know, exactly yeah. trying to get there is oftentimes tough yeah but I think it is super important to have face to face you know, some FaceTime as you, especially when you're presenting or walking people through the journey, mm-hmm. I think it's very valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as well. trust you, you know, I think that's what it is yeah. as well. It's like, you know, they need to, they, they want to know who the guy is or girl at the other end who's right. making this stuff. And they, it, usually they really enjoy being around you because you're a creative person and mm-hmm. you think about things a lot differently and they yeah. enjoy that. So, but yeah, it's sometimes it's difficult when you're working with clients who are further away, but again, that's part of the, that's part of the hustle. Can't tell you how many times right. got up at, 5 a, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. to get to the Ugh. airport to go to New York for the yeah. day or Boston for the day or elsewhere. And it's always terrible because, like, it's that early is. you think you're going to beat the rush. That's when the rush is. <laughs> so yeah. you walk in and, like, the line is so long. You see, the, like, worst, you see the worst of people uh, on the first flight out of Atlanta Absolutely. to another city. Um, yeah, it sucks. But that, that's the hustle, you know? Like, unfortunately, mm-hmm. they're not on your doorstep. And a lot of our clients aren't on our doorstep. But yeah. um, that's what it takes. Agreed. Great work, absolutely. So that's that's a lot of good advice, I think, uh, to take. And so as we get into this month, you know, think about luck and hustle, and how you can hustle harder and make some of your own luck. And um, we'll look forward to talking with everyone next week or over the next couple of weeks with some of these uh, great creators we have coming up. Uh, is there anywhere where people can find you? Should they just go to Iris? Do one here? Yeah, uh, Iris Worldwide. Is that Do modeling account job. you have? <laughs> the male model account. <laughs> that down now oh, um, yeah, gotta focus. Um, yeah you can follow Iris on, on all the usual channels and um, you can see some of the work we've been doing and if you want to see pictures of Lamborghinis and my kids <laughs> you can follow, or my kid not kids, I have two kids oh, not yet, not yet. Um, uh, at Simon Candy on Instagram awesome, yep, follow him, say hi and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week bye Once again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Do follow us at Grits Grids. That's Grits Grids with no end in between on Instagram and Twitter. This podcast and the Grits and Grids blog is a passion project of Vigor, a restaurant and beverage branding and marketing firm based in Atlanta. Check us out at www.vigorbranding.com. And of course, we're all over social media. Until next week, stay hungry, stay thirsty, and be creative.